Today's reading is from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for the fresh wineskins. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, well, let's get into today's message. This is the second message that we have on this particular passage. Last week, I talked about how our life is what I call a container for the new wine of God. Um, For those of you who don't know, what what is a wineskin? Back then, they didn't have things like plastic or glass. If you want wine, you have to put it someplace, and they put it, apparently they put it into skins. And, and if you want to drink of the new wine, guess what? You have to have a new kind of wine skin, because if you put new into the old, everything is lost. That's what we're talking about today. Now, last week I talked about, is your life, is your life a container to receive God's new wine? But today I want to, I want to push that further, is that... Um, the biggest container there is, is the church. Not the, not the I, what I, how I receive, but the, really the biggest way we, um, that you and me that we receive is a we project. The vessel that the Lord wants to pour his wine into is us. It's us, the church. And I want us to, to really um, chew on that today um, in this message and well, let's get at this in three parts. Let's get at um, let's let's get into it. Part one: What is your container for new wine like? Okay, that's part one. What is your new container for new wine like? Okay, and part two: The church, not just a uh, me, not so because today we're really going to be talking about, you know, this passage is talking about faith, faith activity. And in that faith activity, do we receive the life of God? Do we receive his beauty, his glory? That's what, the, that's what the new wine is. But today we're going to talk about the church as a container for new wine. And then part three, um, we're going to close with the promise of new and more glory. Okay? There's a promise in this, in this passage of new and more glory if we will, if we will receive it with a worthy container, right? So part one, um, what is your container for new wine like? Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, uh, this wine. You know, when we're talking about our, our faith practices, the faith practices is, is, a, is a kind of recept, reception vehicle. 
It's a way to contain what the Lord wants to give us. Um, and I was thinking, you know, we live in we live here in the Bay Area, and the Bay Area, you know, really closest to, to Napa, and some of really, literally, some of the greatest wines of the world are made not too far from here. But um, from what I, I know, most of you guys really aren't that into wine. I've literally never heard any of you guys talk about, oh, I, I want a Bordeaux or a Merlot or whatever the heck you you know. I I, I, I know very little about this. I just know I like red, okay, um, over 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 white. But um, so, but some of you. I thought that maybe well, uh, I got this idea yesterday. Um, uh, I was thinking, how am I going to get this across? Is some of you are into coffee? Are you, who, is, who here is into coffee? You guys really like your good coffee? Okay, well that's a few. Okay, I I, I like good coffee, and I am um, I would I, I consider myself a beginner coffee snob. Okay, there there are um, there are there there are your real advanced coffee snobs. You know, they're, they're like, oh, I, I, I taste the nuttiness. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, okay. Okay, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those kind of people, but um, I am, I am a, a beginner coffee snob. And what that means is I know what the really good stuff is. I, like when I'm tasting, I was like, oh, this is really good stuff. And then I know what just decently good stuff is, and then, and then I know what the garbage is, right? And some of you, you know, like you guys, you're drinking the garbage, and you're like, oh, this is good, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, no, okay? <laughs> but... Um, if you really are into coffee, you know you, you can taste all these differences. But I, I wasn't planning to say this, but I'm, this is just a bonus. Okay, this is just just bonus. If you if you if you want to graduate from like the, the garbage to be able to drink coffee as well as me, and better, okay, um, just, just as, and and hopefully better is that you should know that when you drink a cup of coffee, there is a beginning, and there is a middle and an end, and all three of them should be good. Okay, just just a little quick tip. You didn't know you were going to get that today in, in the message, right? But um, why am I talking about coffee? Because some of you aren't interested in getting new wine, but you are interested in new coffee. <laughs> and some people literally do this. Um, I I think I've been to every good coffee place in San Jose, um, and and. Um, and then when I go to a good place in San Jose, and then they have something else, I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> um, if let's say someone you met, and let's say you're into coffee, I don't know if you all are like me, and um, and you met somebody and they said, I got this really fantastic, glorious new coffee, right? and I'm going to give it to you, totally for free, okay? And if you believe them, if you believe them, what would you do? Um, if you believe them, you know what you'd have to do? You'd have to bring a wine skin. You get what I'm saying? You need a container, something to receive this beautiful gift. What would you bring? Would you bring a plate? <laughs> Just show up, like here, here, I have a plate. Bring, bring, bring. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it completely, it makes no sense. This is what this passage is talking about. If you want the new wine, there must be in your life a container for the wine. You get it? Now, let's just, let's talk about coffee, right? Let's just use the cup. Coffee picture. If someone offers you a, a great and glorious new cup of coffee, and if you believe this person and you showed up, what would, so this, this so you're wondering, like, well, what is this at? Now you're getting an idea of what we're talking about here. Some of you would maybe show up with this. <laughs> this thing. <laughs> a little common, really worthless, throwaway, small cup of styrofoam, styrofoam cup. And if a person is this really generous, wonderful person is going to offer you this, you know, they know the difference. 
that this is going to be a cup of coffee that's just kind of a boom, it's going to blow away and it's going to go to a whole nother level. And you shut and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You turn around and you grab one of these things and you're like, okay, okay, give it to me. What would happen? <laughs> right? What would happen? The person would go, what? They would look at you and go like, did you not hear what I said? What, what, if you did this to a person who offered this to you, wouldn't you have just insulted that person? <laughs> or wouldn't you basically have just said, you either just saying, I'm so ignorant, I really don't know what good coffee is. I mean, you're one of the people who drinks garbage and you don't know the difference, all right? Or you're, you don't really believe that it's worth much. So this is all you got to receive it. And that person would just flick this away and probably not give you any, all right? And I don't know if you know this, um, there's places in the Bible where, like for instance, at the beginning of Proverbs, Wisdom speaks, and wisdom says those who don't listen, you know what wisdom then goes, then wisdom abandons those people who don't listen and leads them to their own devices, and then they go to their own folly, and then they, so when God says, okay, you don't want this great new wine they're going to offer you, then I won't give it to you. You just won't get it. And so until you become so hungry for the things of God because the things of the world can't satisfy then finally one day you'll bring a more worthy vessel. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So like, maybe if you really believe the person, you might bring something like this. <laughs> this is like just, so, just to tell you know what this is, this is uh, my favorite mug. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite mug. This was given to me years ago by my sister-in-law as a gift. She went to Martha's Vineyard, and I, I and, uh, I'm, and, uh, we have multiple, we have many mugs in our house. Like, we have like a dozen mugs in our house, but um, this is mine. <laughs> and nobody else uses this except for me. And if they did, that would be a problem. <laughs> okay? And I don't know why, I, you know, like when my, I, you know, a mug is a, a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty low gift, all right? But I don't know why, but when my sister-in-law gave it to me and then I started using it and then over the years I've tried many different mugs and I, I won't say this is superior to all the mug, the, 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 the gross mugs that you use, but it, it, it is, okay? <laughs> and I don't exactly quite know why. I, I like the handle. I like the weight. I like the lip. I mean, it's just great. <laughs> I, I just love this mug. I, I, I even start to like this dog, okay? And, um, and so at least if I bring this to Jesus, he says, I'm going to give you an awesome new cup of coffee, and I bring this to him, he would now know, oh, now you're talking. <laughs> now you're bringing something. You're, you're really asking. You really know I'm going to give you something good, right? I'm, I would bring him my favorite mug. But maybe if you really believe, you'd, be, you'd get even something better. <laughs> you're like, this is a nice mug. It's my favorite, but it's too small, <laughs> And you might break this. You might show up with one of these because it's too small. You, you could, I got to get more. <laughs> I got to get more. You'd bring, you'd want to have a bigger wine scan, right? You want to have a bigger cup. And for some of you who are who 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 believe even more, it's because we're talking about faith here. You you wouldn't you wouldn't want this. You'd bring one of these. <laughs> Because it's, it's, you've got to have more volume. And if this coffee is so precious, you've you got to have it in this super vacuum sealed thing. And, and you know, you've got to be able to drink it tomorrow. And you know, this is what you're talking about, right? 
And actually, if it was that good, you know what you'd do? You would get rid of this, and you'd go find the biggest thing. So you'd get rid of the old. And for many people, when you think about church, let me ask you this. There are people who think, they're, why are they going to bless me? I don't see the things of God. <laughs> I don't see the things of God. Well, maybe um, you don't see the things of God because this is all you hold up to him. <laughs> and um, you know that if you want to hold up something big to God, you yourself, your life is too small. <laughs> it's not big enough. <laughs> We're talking about an infinite God of infinite glory. And if he's really truly a loving father, you have to give him something more. Like, so like, so like, like I, I, I utterly love my children. <laughs> and I want to give them the best gifts. But some of the things I want to give them are like, just for instance, I want to give them knowledge. <laughs> I want to give them, I have like certain great deep pieces of knowledge that I want to give them. But you guess what? If they're on, if all they do is get on their phone and play video games and just around the social media all the time, guess, you know what they're offering me? They're offering me this. <laughs> Or less. So is it because I don't want to give them that? <laughs> give them something deep and big and huge of myself? No, it's because they keep giving me give this, they can't receive it. And if we want something big and glorious and great from an infinitely glorious God, you gotta have a container that can receive it. And that container can't be just me. It's got to be a we. God actually made that container. God, this is part of what the Bible, and that container is the church. The wineskin to receive the great and glorious wine of God's spirit and of his life, it's the church. And if you look at the church as just a small thing, then you won't ever know the greatness of his God. Of, of, who we worship, okay? So this has to be thrown away. This is old. If you want the new to be with Jesus, you got to throw this away. The old, and we got to go to a new wineskin. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to part two. Um, let's talk about the church. Um, you know, some of you, some of you say, <laughs> some of you say, I, I really want more of God. But um, I, I don't really believe what you say. <laughs> I've been a pastor for so long, I, I, I don't listen to what people say. Primary, I mean, of course, I doesn't mean I actually listen, listen. But you know what I, first I listen to what you say, but then I don't necessarily believe what you say. You know what I do? I believe what you do. Because what you do shows you what you really believe. You get what I'm saying? And what you do is an indicator to what you really, where your heart's really at. That's a, that's a tip, by the way. I'm not just saying that as a pastor. You should do that to yourself. Not just to, um, that's a real tip. Don't just believe what you say, because you lie all the time. In fact, and then you believe your own lies. I do too. It's the human condition. And there's a deep disconnect between what we think that we want, we want, but actually what we really do. And, and this really has a big point of like how we, so I want to apply this especially to how we, how we look at church. So just, let's just first, I want to say, um, first, to the people who have very little or, or very low expectations of the church. There are some people who have this view, it's like, as long as I have a personal relationship with Jesus, then, then you know, if I'm like really committed to church or go to church, or, you know, just, is that really that important? 
Um, and let me just push back right now on this. Um, if that's the way you look, you're never going to get much of God. <laughs> no way. Because you don't even get what the church is. <laughs> the church is the infinite, it's like there's an infinite container. The infinite God needs a big container. <laughs> it needs a great vessel to receive. No one life is enough. So if it's just you and Jesus without his people, there's no way you're going to receive much of the, of the greatness of God. And some of the people who really think this way, I even wonder if they're saved. Because the only way you could think that way is if you have a small Jesus, and that small Jesus apparently is just you and him, and, and then that's going to be it. The real Jesus of the real Bible, of the real word of God, if his love and his glory is as great and as infinite as the Bible says, well, there, there has to be something to receive all of his goodness that he's going to pour out. And to do that, apart from church, let me tell you, you'll never have much of God. So again, let's, let's get back to this question. Do you want more and more of God? You want great things of God? Then ask yourself how you look at church. Ask yourself what you think and expect and Will you offer up to God a great vessel to receive an incredible wine? Because okay, it's not going to just want, it's going to have to pour, on, pour down on us. So that's the first point I want to make. Um, let's go to our second point. And um, I actually met with a brother this week, and I won't say who he is, but we talked quite a bit about this. Because quite frankly, I want to talk about a, a, a real important issue that happens in our church. And it's not just in our church. It's going on in churches all around the country. And that is that people come to church habitually late. And um, those of you who do that, I'm not going to name your name, but you know who you are. Right? And um, it's a lot of you. And um, that you do that, and you, bring, you come to church habitually late, you are... You got this for God. <laughs> this is how you look at church, like this, like this pathetically small thing. And then you expect God to bless us. You expect God to be a great God when the, the church is, you know, you come to church and you're like, eh. and there's so many different things. I want to break some of this down. And if this is the way it's going to be, I mean, like, look, I'm, look, I know I'm, I look very young and handsome, right? <laughs> but I'm old. <laughs> I'm old enough to have lived in a different era of, of the way American Christians looked at church. And so com it is so common that like everybody just takes it for granted. It's okay to look at church this way, but it's not okay. So many people look at church today, it's like, what do I get out of it? What do I get out of it? What do I get out of it? What, they're always looking to go there and receive something from church, but actually... Uh, an older generation of Christians looked at the, the church not only for something that you receive something glorious from, but you also show up at church to contribute. What do you contribute into it? Because you know what the church is? The church is not a building. It's not primarily an institution. The church is you. <laughs> it's you and you and you and you and you and you. It's me. <laughs> it's us. The church is people. <laughs> so if we want a great vessel, each of these people have to be the church. And the church is not just like, oh, well, you know, somebody else will take care of it. Well, well the pastors will take it. Well, some of the leaders will take care of it. Well, you know, some of those more serious, they'll take care of it. And the church will just be there for me, and then, like, you know, I'll get the thing. No. If you have that attitude, you are actually really robbing 
and hurting the other people who actually do want it. So this brother was actually quite upset. And I think he's upset. I won't say who it is, but he's upset at some of you. And rightfully so. Because he wants, he doesn't want to hold up this to God. And he knows our church is a big part of it. He wants to hold up at least this, this or this, or you know, maybe he wants to break this down and he wants a, like a giant <laughs> nitro flask, right? Because that's a worthy vessel to say, Lord, pour yourself into this. Pour yourself into this. And if you show up at church, and it's always someone else's thing to do. See, the church, is it your church? My church. Is it our church? The only way it could be our church is if you do your part to contribute to make the church a big and glorious vessel for a great and glorious, infinitely glorious God. And so just a, a really basic point of it is just to show up on time and bring your real self with faith. And by the way, like I said, for some of you who watch my little video, and it, so I did this video a couple months ago. I actually looked it up on YouTube to see when I did it. We did that, and then for like about four weeks, you know, a, a number of you, like, you know, you made an effort to come out more on time. And I, and I said in that video, on time means coming out, you know, 10, 15 minutes early, right? Um, because coming to church is not just for you. It's for your brothers and sisters. It's for what God is going to do with the people who, are, who come anew. So how about, um, let, let me offer something else. When you think about church, why is like just something like coming on time such a big deal? Or coming 10 minutes early, it is such a big deal. Because when you come to church, what do you actually expect is going to happen? What do you actually, do you just think it's just church and there'll be music and I'm just going to, no. Like, do you understand, do you understand that um, maybe on any given Sunday, you don't know who's going to come? Someone may come to church who has never gone to church. Someone may come to church who hasn't gone to church in many, many years. And you know what? They, they don't know the Bible. They may not be a believer. They, they can't show up and according to the, uh, God's word, figure out if we're a good church or not. They can't go, well, that pastor, sure, he's, he, he's got really good theology. <laughs> they're gonna, they're, that's not what they're going to do. You know what they're going to do? They're going to look at the people. They're going to look at the people. Do these people believe in a big God? Do these people long for great and glorious love from God? Do these people share the love that they've received from God toward each other? And do they embrace me and welcome me and offer me grace? That's what they're looking for. They're all, they don't actually say that out loud, but that's, that's how they're going to figure out, is God really here? They're not just saying, is this just a good church? You know what they're asking? Is God really here? Because they can't see it and figure it out. They look at the church. But on any given Sunday, if they come, they may hear the gospel, they may feel some of our love, they may taste and feel the presence of the Lord, and they may drink some new wine, and then all bets are off. I mean, even in a, in a small, a relatively small church like this, I'm talking, how about even in first, you know, there have been, over the years, first service averages something like, what, 8 to 12 people? That's a small service. 
Even in first service, we've had like extraordinary um, people walk into first service. I, I'm, I'm just just coming. One, there was a, a Sunday about five or six years ago, when this couple from Nigeria walked into church in first service. Right, I still can remember um, the, the the woman's face. She she was tall. She was pretty. She was elegant, and she had, you know she had like her hair was all uh, beaded, and they sat in service, and. Uh, and after service was over, they had this look of like awe, and they were glowing, and they were super joyful, and gave me some embrace and said, thank you for the Lord. Because <laughs> they were here from another country. So you never know. You see? You showing up at church like this? With this? Or you never know what the Lord might do. Well, let's, let's break down some other reasons. So, like, I thought it's worth it because I know it seems like just one application. I don't, I don't mean to be, like, get, but, like, like, unpack this from a faith point of view. Maybe some of you come to church late because, yeah, the praise is not that important to me. <laughs> the songs, the praise, it's just like, I'm just going there for the message. All right, because... Like we get, you know, I get it. Like this is this is the this is the meat of the meal, right? And so as long as I like just oh, you know, we don't need that first that that first survey. <laughs> we don't need that appetizer push because that's kind of what praise is, right? And but you know, if you do that, you know that all the other people they need your voice singing. What about them? <laughs> what about our, our our praise leaders who prayerfully prep these songs? Will you bless them? Or how about you? You know that the, in the Bible, the Lord, he literally commands us. He commands us to praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You go into, you go into Psalms, and there'll be a song. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You turn your next chapter. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, next, praise the Lord. You ever met, you ever, I don't know how many of you have read through these Psalms. It's like, it's just, it's like, talk about beating a dead horse, right? The Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And and um, so let me give you something I learned from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis read these portions of the Bible, and he found them very confusing. He's like, is God like some kind of like insecure little teenage girl that needs you know, all this like, you know, continual affirmation or something like this? He said, no. All of a sudden, he, he realized that he had this epiphany that um, we praise what we enjoy. If you really enjoy, you praise it. In fact... You enjoy something, and then you feel the need to have thanksgiving and praise. <laughs> it, it's like it completes the joy. Um, you know, it's, it's like if, if uh, sometimes when I have a really good meal that my wife made, I just can't help but just say, that was really good, dear. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not such a, and I'm not, I'm not even a sensitive husband. <laughs> and so, like, and so, like, because you just, you just got to praise the one who gave this to you. <laughs> but, you know, it goes the other way, too. What you praise, you enjoy. <laughs> it's really interesting. What you enjoy, you praise. What you praise, you enjoy. It actually kind of like rolls together. You ever be around people who, like, you know, right now, you know, if you know that we're in the middle of the basketball playoffs, and there is a kind of interestingly good team up, you know, a little, too, a little bit north of where we live. And you ever been around people who really love the Warriors, who really enjoy the Warriors? And you're in that... 
And then they, they start talking about Thor. So if you're not into basketball, it's, they're really annoying, <laughs> okay? I mean, because when you're around them, it's like, oh, did you see that shot? Steph did this. Oh, and then, oh, and then Draymond did this. And then they talk about Durant. And then they start talking about some person you don't even know. So you've heard, you may have heard about Clay or KD or Steph, and you're like, I don't really know who these people are, but at least I know that they're somehow important and they're like really great. And then they start talking about some guy you don't even know, some schlub who comes off the bench and they're excited about him. I mean, like, how annoying is that? <laughs> but do you notice that they're just, it's just like as they talk about it, they, and they tell the same stories again and again. That shot that Steph made three, oh, three years, do you remember that shot that he made against OKC? Blah, 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 right? Because the praise just, it just ignites their joy. And if you come to church, like, I just got to just get the lesson. It's like going to school. No wonder you don't like church because you treat church like school. <laughs> and then you wonder why God won't bless you because you're like, he goes like, what? come on, what is this? <laughs> because church ain't school. Where's the joy? Where's the love? And you know, there's going to be days when you show up and you are low. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, but there are some Sundays when, when the preacher, most of the time it's probably me, you know, he gives you a dead sermon. <laughs> Hopefully that, not, that doesn't happen too often. Okay, but it happens. And then you know what you need? That, you know the songs? They teach you some pretty good theology. You know that? And then it sets the theology to music, so you remember the theology. And then there's times you're low, and it's in that second verse, the Lord will reach you. You know, you need that. This is all part of the vessel, church, and why you should come on time with expectation and faith. Let me say one more, and this one is more a piece of wisdom about this and before I go to, because um, this is such an important, I'm asking you to rethink church. We're about to go into the season where we become a church plant. And so just something about like how you show up when you show up, it says so much about how you think about this vessel called church. But let me say one more. This is an important piece of wisdom. Um, this is why a lot of uh, this is why a lot of you are late, and but you don't know, understand this. It's because of spiritual warfare. Do you think it's a coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence that on Sunday morning, that out of your two kids, one of them is always really whiny? <laughs> That, that 30 minutes right before you're supposed to, like, you know, getting all ready, but, like, that's when the, that, that the kid has to just completely go totally whiny at that moment. And then the following gets the other kid. You think that's coincidence? And then, so, so I, 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 I try to be always very gentle about this, but I, here, this is from the pulpit. Let me, let, let me just get straight and a little mean here, right? Some of you parents, you're, you, you're trying to, like, your, your child's got to have the perfect nap, and they got to eat exactly the right time. And then you're going to like run church around your child's nap time. Are you kidding? <laughs> that is really, really foolish. What your child needs is God. What your child needs is the great, great container of God where he pours out his glory called the new wine. You need it. Your child needs it. And if you constantly run your schedule around your child's nap or something like that, you're really doing your child wrong. Have a fight with your kid. Put order on them. 
Give them blessing again and again. Show them your conviction. And if you got to fight with them every single week for a month, two months, six months, do it. It's worth it. Until they get it. And then they're like, I'm ready. Now, that's, that's parenting. That's leading. That's conviction. That's blessing. And just so, you know, so think of how many different pieces there are. So I, I just said your kids. Let's say you have three kids. One of them is going to be a problem on Sunday morning. Almost, I'll guarantee you, almost. And then, or how about if you're, in, if you're in a marriage and one really cares about the vessel of church, but the other one doesn't care so much? You know what? But you just don't want to argue with your spouse. And, uh, a little piece of wisdom here, okay? First, if you're the spouse that's the drag on your spouse getting to church and your children, then you're harming your, your family. I'll just say that. You're harming your family. And you're sinning against the Lord and the church. So you should really think about that. But let's say you're the one who really wants to go, and you can't get your, your, your wife to go, or you can't get your husband to, 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 to you know, be on the same page with you. So let me give you some, some uh, wisdom here. Number one, pray hard that the Lord convicts your spouse. Because it's hard to have that argument, isn't it? It's not easy. And so it's just so easier, like, I just I can't have this argument anymore. <laughs> and so for the sake of peace, you just give in, but then your marriage starts to lose. <laughs> and the church is loose. The church loses, and the marriage loses, and then your children lose. <laughs> so one, pray really hard for your spouse. Two, it's very hard to have a tug of war with someone when they're on the ground. You're on the roof, they're on the ground, they have gravity. <laughs> so they have the advantage. Here, you know, sinners, when they, you know, if you, when a person is like, you're married, you're someone, they're supposed to be a Christian, but, you know, they, they insist on the sinful way, and you, you're trying to do the, the, the spirit-filled way, they have the advantage. Why? Because we all have the sinful nature in common, and the sinful desires in common, and the, and the devil preys on that. So, let's say your husband and your wife is the one that's the, the drag. You know what you need to do? Go to all the other sisters, go to the sisters in the churches, help me. Can you please help, talk to her, help me? And it, maybe it's your husband. Go to the other brothers in the church and say, help me. Help, so here we go, the church. Ask the church to pull on this tug of war with you. Five people pulling with you. Not one, see? Now, let's, let's close this message. Do you want to see the great glory of God? We need to have a huge vessel, a worthy vessel. And it's more than me. It's more than you. It's got to be a we. And each of us have to be part of that and play our part in that. But I want to close with this. Um, what exactly is wine? Or why do, we get, why do we go out of our way to go drink that coffee? Or why do you, why do you keep watching these Warriors games? <laughs> why do you keep watching these sports games? Like, I'll tell you why. Because... You just want to like drink that one cup and you never tasted anything quite. So someone tells you it's, it's on a whole nother level and you drink it and you get this, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, and it's just like, or you watch the game and you're just like, I'll, I'll tell you, what, you know, I almost, I, this sounds, sounds bad. I, of course, I get very upset if the Warriors lose, but the, I, I actually really want, I, I just can't wait for that moment when Steph comes up, drives da 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 and he goes like this and pops back 38 feet away and just launches it. And it's just like, 
And it goes through, and it's like, ah! My son writes, ah! Why? Because it's glory. It's beautiful. More than money, or fame, or status, or even coffee. You know what we're all hungering for? We're hungry for beauty. A beauty so big, you have to use a different word for it. The Bible's word for a beauty so great is glory. We're all glory hungry. If we don't have enough glory, you got to go find it somewhere. So then, we, you know, like all, you know, all, all, the, all, the, all these people in our city who don't know Jesus, that's why they're so obsessed with like coffee. You know, like Yelp, because they go, oh, they, the best Korean food, the best burrito. I was like, you ever notice that these people are like obsessed with this stuff? Why? Because they're all glory hungry. But coffee, sports, these things are good. I mean, the Lord doesn't, you know. He's such a, he's so gracious. He, he gives us li just little, little, tiny little shards of glory through things like coffee and basketball, but he wants to give you more. And your heart, let me tell you, if you look inside your heart, there's no bottom. It's, 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 it's not this. There's no bottom. It's an infinite chasm. Because your life our life, who we are as a people, were intended for an infinite God to fill us with his infinite glory. That's how, how much God wants to give it to you and me. Do you believe that? If you really believe that, how can we get, offer this to him? This old thing? This is the old wineskin. We have to throw it away. In fact, then we get this and we're like, oh, that wasn't enough. We throw that away. Oh, that wasn't enough. And then we got to tear this down, break this apart, make it bigger and better. Because the glory will keep coming. Infinite. You believe that? Let me close with this. This is Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. What is that? That's just the gospel. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Jesus, graciously give us all things? You believe that? That's why this new wineskin, it, it is a hugely profound thing. And just one really, really important place is is the church. Will you join me, Pastor Young, our leaders, in breaking this thing and making it bigger, more, different? Will you come, show up 10 minutes early, say, I'm here, I'm ready. Will you come and serve gladly, willingly? Because you're all desperately hungry for glory. And our Father is desperately wanting to give it. But we can't, he can't, he's not going to give us even this. Come on, give me the bigger container. And I'll give you more of me. Let's pray. Forgive us, Jesus. We get so harried and tired and forgetful. And then we just go back to old things.
We're like, yeah, old wine, that's good enough. Old wineskin of church, just what I'm getting out of church, that's good enough. The church for what it is, that's good enough. And what I'm getting out of it is good enough. And yeah, that, that, that'll just get me through the week. Forgive us for having a small picture of your vessel. Because honestly, Father, we often have a small picture of you. And of your grace. And of your salvation. We regularly are blind to seeing the true and unbelievably that you are an infinite God of infinite glory, of an ocean of love to pour out that glory into our hearts. Would you take us into a new chapter when our church is going to become a new church? Will we not just have a new name, that we would truly be a church that revives people, revives them with new life, with new wine, with greater glory, from the great and beautiful God who saves, who forgives, who forgives us again and again for the way that we insult you, the way that we so settle for such pathetic small things instead of asking, seeking you. Give us repentance. Give us faith. Help us fight the spiritual war inside of our marriages and, and on Sunday mornings and beat back the devil so we can have you. We can offer forth a great and worthy vessel called the church so you could fill us and make us dance and glad, overflowing with beauty and glory and joy and love. In Jesus' name.